We've been looking at the work of Art Farum and the Farum Foundation and their work with geoglyphs and pointers and the uh, boundaries that they show all over the world, the, the really the hidden meaning in plain sight. And uh, so I'd like to continue uh, looking at the, the ancient pointer wisdom. So in a previous video, I showed that as I was looking at the crowd gathered for the midsummer solstice sunrise at Stonehenge, a famous event, I noticed that there were some faces looking in the other direction. Got me to thinking, well, what if you continued the line of the sun through the heel stone? Like, where does that go? So I'd follow that on Google Earth. I took that bearing. And uh, interestingly, from this major stone megalith in Stonehenge, it goes to Tiwanaku in Bolivia, which is another famous megalithic site. So, wow, that's kind of unbelievable. I thought, well, what about the Great Pyramid? You know, probably one of the most famous uh, megalithic sites on the earth, like where does that go? So in this case I followed the winter solstice angle, so I took the winter solstice angle through the Great Pyramid and used Google Earth to follow that bearing, you know, all the way to wherever, just kind of seeing where it would go, and unbelievably it leads to Teotihuacan, like the Pyramid of the Sun, the Pyramid of the Moon, the famous Mexican pyramids. I thought, wow, look at these connections, you know, you've got the uh, uh, the Great Pyramid connected to the Mexican pyramids, and then you've got Stonehenge, you know, connected to the Bolivian megaliths, and look at the pattern that's formed. It's the pattern of Orion. So Orion keeps popping up in all these megalithic connections. Um, you know, they all think they're in the middle. Tiwanaku means stone in the center. Here's an article on Graham Hancock's site about how Stonehenge is, is in the womb, you know, it's in the middle. Brian Fagan says that Teotihuacan is the city at the center, and of course the Great Pyramid's in the center of the Earth's land surface. So, uh, and it's interesting, near where the, the belt of Orion would be in this Orion, you know, constellation sort of formed on the Earth through these four ma major megalithic sites, is the purported site, uh, according to uh, uh, Willem Zittman, uh, where Atlantis is. So those three islands submerged in the Atlantic sort of follow the pattern of the, the Giza pyramids. And uh, so that's supposedly Atlantis right near the center, which would be, you know, the, the Orion star point uh, on this constellation formed by the major megaliths. Interesting. And of course, the Great Pyramid is the center of the Earth's land mass. So it, the Great Pyramid sort of centers this whole, you know, megalithic group. And I think it's implicit that in those that see, obviously, you know, a lot of archaeologists and Egyptologists do not accept that there's a connection between those megalithic sites, but I think many of us see that there is. You know, you can't deny it. And so the question is, how did these megalithic sites from different parts of the world, like, how are they connected? And I think implicitly we think, well, there was a, a, uh, a grand, uh, you know, civilization that, that had worldwide, you know, communal bearings, the people got along and they, there was a single, you know, uh, connection somehow. But I want to mention that uh, I've been talking about Art Farm and, and so i uh, put details in the description of this video so you can follow his work uh, about geoglyphs and stuff, which is really groundbreaking. You know, he talks in his books about how he's descended from Knights Templar, so he sort of got this in his blood. And he comes to some very interesting conclusions in his work, so we'll talk about that a little bit here. So, you know, we talked about the incredible Giza pointers, which point 
if you take the diagonal of the Great Pyramid, it comes to this site that I've got pictured on the screen there. I found this uh, sort of Nazca-like -like, uh, site in Patagonia down in Argentina. I, you can see I just highlighted the existing you know, radials that are on the ground there. It's incredible that the Great Pyramid points to this. You know, it's just, it just seems incredible. So how is it, again, that these megalithic and geo geoglyphic sites are connected? Well, again, I think we kind of assume or hope that there was a single unified, you know, uh, world order in the past, uh, highly skilled people and that kind of thing. Well, <clears throat> you know, is that true? Is that true? Well, to look at modern a modern understanding of the world, you know, after the uh, uh, the World War II, the Cold War paradigm is what uh, geopolitical uh, people use to understand the world. You either, you know, for freedom or for state control, and and that you could understand the world through the Cold War. But then, after uh, the collapse of the Soviet Union and whatnot, people were looking for a new understanding of how to understand the geopolitical world. So Samuel Huntington came up with probably what's been the most followed paradigm for understanding uh, the post-Cold War world. And he says, uh, basically, there are nine civilization centers. You can see them pictured here. And Huntington said that all the major conflicts in our current world will come through the conflicts between these different groups. In other words, he, he didn't say this is going to lead to world harmony. We're going to have a one world government where everybody understands everybody. and We're going to go back to sort of that ancient megalithic communal past. No, the world is going to be defined by conflict. And uh, someone put together this conflict map. The thicker the line between these names here, the more conflict. So you can see there's going to be a lot of Islamic con conflict because there's tension. If you look at those lines between Islam and Hindu, Islam and Africans, Islam and the West, uh, and Orthodox, that's basically Russian. So, so you can see the lines of conflict. So that's probably one of the most famous paradigms to understand the current world. It's not based on, you know, kumbaya, we're all going to get together, we're going to join the ancient megalithic sites in some kind of worldwide communion, though we might wish that would be the case. You know, I think I've got pictured here Zahi Awas when he took uh, Graham Hancock, Robert Duvall, and John Anthony West up to the uh, cartouches in the relieving chambers above the king's chamber in the Great Pyramid. Now, these guys are the most famous, you know, alternative theorists. Uh, Graham Hancock, Robert Duvall, John Anthony West. And I think it's implicit in what they stand for, believing that there was a, an ancient previous, um, you know, connected uh, communal society that, that was highly advanced. You know, it's sort of like they're reaching into the past for something they'd like to have in the present. Now, Zahi Awas, he's, you know, he leads the mafia. The, the tour guides, you know, in Egypt know he runs the mafia. You know, he's... He's, uh, he, he's got conspiracies he's been charged with. He's been charged with crimes. You know, he, he stands for the worst, I think, of the scientific establishment. But, but these guys, again, to me, what they're looking for, you know, seems to be the desire for what their studies of the ancient past show might have existed at one time, an Atlantis-like communal type situation. Now, they don't go... Uh, the alien route. You know, Graham Hancock was on a panel at this most recent uh, UFO alien uh, convention, but he said on that panel that he hasn't found a need for aliens in his work. And, and Robert Bavall has said essentially the same kind of thing. But I, I put these guys out there because a lot of people follow these guys. And again, I think what they stand for implicitly, I'm not sure I've heard them say this specifically, but is, you know, let, if only we could bring back what they, what they had in the past. 
Okay, so in other words, the ancient pointer wisdom. What what's shown there? Why can't we have that now? But there, here's here's a problem with what some of the ancient pointings show. If you follow the work of Art Ferrum, here's the radials of the Yanaguni geoglyph, which is uh, uh, the most uh, farthest part of the Japanese Empire. It's actually you know closer to uh, Taiwan, but uh, the radials that come from there show this pattern. You know, and uh, basically. Uh, there's a top view of the pyramid, and so Art Farm shows you where he gets the radials that, that lead to this picture. And what this, this outlines basically the extent of Japanese territory when they got uh, uh, militaristic and expansion, expansionist uh, during World War II. So they sort of set their, their boundaries, and that's what a lot of these geoglyphs do. They show boundaries, like here's the Stonehenge radials, okay? So Art Ferrum says this, Stonehenge is known to have been built by the Celts that lived in the southern plains of Britain. This in itself shows the vastness of the territory of which the Celts had knowledge. The North American territory mentioned in the previous geoglyph was divided up several times. The Stonehenge geoglyph seems to be the first division of the North American territory, because this is about 3000 BC. You know, it's a long 5,000 years ago. So interesting. Uh, and then you've got the... Uh, uh, Portugal cedes Portugal at one time laid claim, uh, Farm says, to North and South America. But since Portugal held claim to both North and South America and had surveying markers to prove it, it would follow that they ceded this land of the Templars. So in the, in the radials shown in this picture, uh, the, uh, the Portuguese gave that to the Templars because of their assistance in Iberia when the, uh, uh, you know, they helped push the, uh, uh, you know, the, the Muslims out of that area of the world, okay? So, uh, because the USA hadn't revealed in any public document that in 1362 they had been given the land west of the Mississippi by Portugal. So, Ferrum claims this is true, and he shows the radials, uh, that the territory was reaffirmed uh, by these geoglyphs that are in Tenerife, Okay. So again, what I'm saying here is the, these ancient megaliths, these pointers, indicate tension. When you say, this is my territory and it's not yours, that leads to fights, not to unity. So again, the idea we got from the, uh, the, the first connections we showed, the pointers, was that these, these megalithic sites are connected and we get the idea connected in harmony. But then when we look at these little bit later geoglyphs, it seems like people are saying, this is my territory, and this is, this is what leads to war. You say, this is mine. So, are we coming to an age of Aquarius? Will there be some kind of, you know, worldwide unity? Uh, like we sort of sense is indicated by the connection of these ancient glyphs that we've shown. Well, I would say no, because of Samuel Huntington, because of the nature of mankind, the idea that, you know, we're, we're going to come to some kind of age of Aquarius where we'll all blend together and mankind will be as one. I don't think so. So I think the thing to do is to go back to the wisdom that's in these ancient megaliths, such as me pointing out the Great Pyramid here, and individually find the message of healing, protection, and salvation that's in these monuments. And the Great Pyramid, of course, points to the stars. And so here's Orion's belt and indeed the constellation of Orion. 
and uh, here it is pictured out uh, the the mighty hunter with his with his prey there. So I think this is the best we can do is to individually respond to the wisdom that's in these ancient megaliths and their pointings to the stars. Because again, I kind of think the we're all going to get together scenario isn't realistic.